Well, thanks again for joining us on our podcast here where we're trying to be able to have some conversations and dialogues about uh, discipleship. Uh, my name is Pastor Dan Hartzler. I'm the pastor at Refuge Church in Manor, PA. And uh, with me always, I've got... I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. Uh, these two guys and myself, we are trying to be able to have uh, this podcast e- each week that encourages the thought about putting discipleship or following Jesus in a way that makes sense for us in a in an everyday situation. So whatever your situation is, we use the word rhythm, whatever, but whatever your rhythm of your life is, uh, discipleship fits into that because discipleship isn't just something we do. It becomes something we are. It's the idea of we start with the lens of saying, I am a follower of Christ. And then through that, as I live my life, everything else kind of falls through that lens. Um, much different than just saying, well, I go to church and therefore I am this, or I do this Bible study, therefore I am. In a sense, that's a little bit more about doing for God than it is about being with God. And that's at the core of what discipleship is. It is about being with God. And then from that, it transforms us. It changes us. Uh, some words you would hear in the idea of uh, we become new creations. We become sanctified. We become more like Christ. And so we want to be honest about that, realizing that uh, it doesn't always go from point A to point B. It doesn't always happen in a straight line. In fact, if it does happen in a straight line, I probably don't believe you because the reality (laughs) is uh, we're going to go up and down. We're going to go left and right. Uh, We're going to do things that are are not faithful and not honoring God because that's unfortunately the human condition of sin. Yet God stays faithful to us, and through God and through His Spirit, He continues to transform and change us. So in that uh, light, we've been having a discussion, we started last week, about the Old Testament, often a, a book that's kind of overlooked or kind of, uh, kind of rushed through because we don't understand some of the cultural things, we don't understand some of the laws, we think God might look different in the Old Testament than He does in Jesus in the New Testament. We even hear some people talk about being a red letter uh, Christian or red letter, you know, being the idea of the words of Jesus, the only ones they focus on. And and you're really missing out on the fact is that the entire Bible from start to finish is a revelation about who God is. And if you start there, if you start, sometimes we use the word from a 10,000 view uh, and then kind of work your way uh, closer and closer, you start to understand in all the stories, whether they make sense or not in our culture or whether uh, it's something that, um, you know, we don't quite fully understand, we can recognize that God is revealing himself in that. And what he reveals comes in the highest form of Jesus. And it comes in the fact that Jesus fulfills the law, it comes that Jesus uh, dies and he's raised again. That is the, the apex. That's the height of this revelation of who God is. But uh, it's so much richer and deeper as the Old Testament brings that to forth. And we see all these foreshadowings uh, of people. And so uh, we talked a little bit last week uh, about the Exodus and just what that story means and uh, how that brings things to light. And uh, this episode, we're going to have Ryan kind of lead us off, and uh, he's going to share one of uh, what he thinks is one of the stories that captivates him. And before he does that, though, I just want you to know why we're doing this is because we really believe that discipleship is so much more than just studying the word in a way that we just gain information. And sometimes we need to take a break from just studying the word for information's sake and be captivated by it. 
I love that word captivated because I see David in the Psalms. I see uh, even the way that Paul wrote in the New Testament. There was something that captivated him, something that grabbed his attention, something that just pulled him in in a way that just information alone just doesn't quite cut it. Like we can study history, we can study people, and it's not going to captivate you to the point of causing the transformation that we want to be drawn in even more. But when it comes to God, there's so much about God that should captivate us. And the cool part is, is that we all can have maybe different elements or different stories that captivate us. And so as we shared last week, again, Mike kind of emphasized on the idea of the Exodus as something that captivated him. And then, you know, just got a chance to talk about it and just kind of go around and have some dialogue. It's it's really a powerful tool, uh, I think, in discipleship. And so, uh, Ryan, you know, when you think of the Old Testament, what's something that really captivates you? I really go to uh, Genesis 22, which is when Abraham is called to sacrifice Isaac. And when you look at it, just, just big picture, or even in the, in the moment, it's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. If you're just looking at that command, because Isaac was the promised like offspring you know, the promised son that Abraham and Sarah were going to have. And so it's like, this is a huge deal. Like this right. is the promise. Right. And then God says, I want you to kill the promise, you know, yeah. I want yeah. you to sacrifice your, your one and only son. And, and it's just wild because Abraham goes and, and he's going to do it. You know, later we see in Hebrews, you know, he says, um, you know, he believed that God could raise him from the dead. Yeah. But I remember just kind of meditating on, on this because Genesis 22, it's, it's such an interesting chapter because it's the first time we have the word worship, fear, like fear of the Lord and the word lamb. So it's like mm. this really kind of cool, like the, the first time these, these words are used. Um, and I remember actually reading through Genesis 22 and just going really slow, just kind of reading verse by verse. And I was looking at some different translations and I pulled up the King James and, and it was so, this part was so crazy. Um, to, to me, like something I'd never seen before, where when Isaac is, is speaking to Abraham after they're going to, they're going to go off, you know, they're, they're going to worship together, right. you know, and then they're going to sacrifice. And, right. and Isaac says to Abraham, behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both, uh, they, they went both of them together. And to me, it was like, I've never seen this before, but just reading it kind of how I did, God will provide himself, comma, a lamb, comma. I mean, that's not how it's written, but it was just like in that moment, just seeing, we know the foretaste of Mm -hmm. Jesus, the only begotten son, but it just hit me so, so like just, um, like it never had before. It's like he provide, he would provide himself the lamb, hmm. you know, and, and it's so cool because it's like, that's the first time we really see the word lamb and truly it's painting the picture of, yeah. of Jesus. Right, so yeah. just to me, it was, it was something that was like big picture. Isaac didn't need to be killed yeah. because his death could never have forgiven the sins of the world, yeah. but God would provide himself as a lamb so that he could set us free yeah. from the law of sin and death. Mm. 
So it, just seeing that, you know, and, and it's something I feel like of those moments of when you take down, you really, you take time to slow down. Yeah. You know, that's when I really think like God can bring some illumination on these verses that, you know, maybe you've never seen before. And I, I love when that happens. It's like, yeah. I know the story. I've read these verses, you know, so many times, but you know, it's just that to me was so captivating of, wow, God yeah. will provide himself a lamb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some things in that story that uh, I love too, in the sense that, um, you know, you hear people talk about there's threads or there's mm. kind of this, this continuation throughout the old Testament. Uh, yeah. you know, if you kind of think about, you know, in your mind, like just a, a thread that's weaving through something like there's a, there's an underlining through this and, and it begins in Genesis, right? When sin enters into this world, hmm. you know, God gives a promise to Eve that yeah. through her seed, uh, you know, eventually that the seed will, will be bruised by, by the mm-hmm. serpent, but the seed will crush, yeah. um, you know, the, the serpent's head. And, and so the, the nation of Israel or not the nation yet, but, but the people uh, in Abraham and, and they believed that God was going to be mm-hmm. faithful to that promise. So the seed, yeah. Abraham uh, and Isaac was, uh, such a prominent thing. And you see that playing out in a lot of stories that the seed and the continuation, in fact, even as you get to the new Testament, you know, two books of the, of the gospels spend time as they open up about the genealogy of, of, you know, how Christ came to where where he was and how he was the seed and, you know, through these different lines and stuff. So that was really significant in that. And, and so that, that story means more as you shared than just, uh, you know, well, it was a, it was a firstborn son. It was, no, this was the promise that God had said he would do it, and Abraham had the faith, as you mentioned, that somehow, some way, God was still going to continue to to keep this through. The other part is the word lamb and and sacrifices, and you know, John the Baptist sees Jesus and says, mm-hmm. "Behold, the the lamb that yeah. takes away our sins." And as yeah. you shared, you know, the the idea that uh, you know, in the with the law and the sacrifices and the Day of Atonement, that there hmm. would be this uh, continuation of sacrifices every year, but it was it was a temporal thing, mm-hmm. and it could never fully satisfy the demand. And so, um, you know, one of the things that uh, the stories of the Old Testament does is it captivates. Uh, our thoughts that send us then to Jesus. Mm. You know, that's that's really like when mm. you think about how, how do we make this? Because you and I can wrestle with the question of, well, how can God ask Abraham to do that? And yeah. that's a logical yeah. question, right? That's because a he really question. didn't need to. Right. I think that's the craziest thing is like God truly like there was he, he stopped what he told him to do. Yeah. So obviously right. something happened that God wanted to happen. You know, but it's like truly in the narrative, right? God could have, I mean, I'm not saying God, God can do whatever he wants, but just looking at it from the outside, he kind of stopped the thing from happening. And not to turn this into a full blown Bible study, but like going back through this story, I remember I was always taught in Sunday school. Well, God asked him to do it because he loved his son too much. Like that's what I was taught. And then I read the story and it doesn't, and doesn't say that anywhere. Yeah. I don't think so. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. It doesn't yeah. say that. And we don't know why God mm-hmm. asked him to do it. Right. Yeah. Other than like testing his faith or, or right. But it, the point of that is it wasn't like he loved Isaac too much. It wasn't like Isaac took the place of God. And so yeah. God said, well, now I'm mad and jealous and you got to right. kill your kid. Oh, now I'll have mercy. That's not, right. that's not what happened. Right. 
Right. Even when you use the word uh, testing, too, we got to be careful in that because that, well, I got to prove I'm going to pass the test. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's not that God, I mean, God does bring testing to us. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But he does it in a sense to, to really be a, a tool used to, to, for us to grow in right. understanding that God is more faithful to us. It's not whether or not. It's growing. It's not proving. Yeah. And it's right. not like whether or not we can uh, ace the test. That's, that's what our mind yeah. says. That's what the performance yep based, you know, schooling that we've all grown up under is like, welcome to the West. Here comes the test. And in that test, I've got to get an A or I got to pass it. But what it really is to say, let me show you in this moment who I am. And it's going to be testing for you, Mm -hmm. but it's to show you who I am. And that's what God is doing in Abraham in this moment. He's showing him who I am in this moment. And if you trust me in this moment, you will see me in a way that is so much more deeper and richer than you could have ever known me prior to that. Uh, I can't imagine the faith that Abraham walked away from Mm. in that moment. And and Isaac as well, too, you know, to think, wow, we just saw God, you know, do something that we don't even fully grasp because he he doesn't Mm. know how, you know, centuries and thousands of years later, Jesus shows up. He just knows that somehow, somewhere, the Messiah will show up, but right. we get to see kind of how this plays out. And it's such a, such a wild thing to think about. And, and even puts us in this context. If you think about like these moments that we live in today, mm-hmm. you know, we don't fully understand or know yeah. everything yet. The question is, do we fully trust God? Mm-hmm. And do we know that in these moments, whether you feel like it's a testing moment or not, you're going to see a deeper, richer view of of the revelation of who God is. Yeah, and, and that to me was what really kind of s- stood out to me as well as like, you know, God God didn't need to like test Abraham to know what he would do. Right. He could have threw right. him in any situation. He could have given him any situation right. and yeah. knew exactly what he would have done. Yeah. So really it was more of so that Abraham, something could happen to him through this process that wouldn't happen any other way. Yeah. And that he would be able to see a part of God that he probably wouldn't see any other way, you know, but I, I just love seeing when he says, you know, I and the boy, I and the lad will go off, we will worship together and we will come back. Yeah. And, you know, and that was the faith element that I think yeah. God was giving him through this was that level of faith to say, I trust God. We're going to do this and we're both going to come back. Yeah. However, it happens. The lad was a good word choice, too. I haven't heard the lad in a while. <laughs> well, I was reading uh, the King James. So. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a behold, too. I was wondering. Um, yeah. That's good. I I mean, honestly, I think that's one of the things just in in the story of Abraham and Isaac um, and even at Jacob a little bit that I, I really like a yeah. lot is um, it, in the moments in the old Testament when God is like, you know, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And, and sometimes I think we just, we read in such a vacuum or we, we gloss over that quickly and don't think about necessarily what that means. Right. It's not like Zeus who's the God of thunder or yeah. Aries is the God of right war. And God just drew, the short end of the stick and he got three dudes that he was the God of like, it's, it's, it's not a title it's, but it's, it's, it's reminding the reader and the people that he's talking to. I'm that same God that moved in that moment that provided a lamb. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. they, they, and I'm the same God that, that they knew me to be and that they have told you about from generation to generation that this is who I am going back to what you were even saying with yeah. it. Right. And, and, um, if you think about even the implications of that, right. So I was playing ball one time and was just out in the outfield and we're getting ready. And I heard this one kid's last name and I was like, what? Like this dude I never met before. And I looked at him. I was like, there's no way that I'll just say the name John. It's not his name, but like John's your dad. Right. And he's like, no, that's my dad. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. And now I immediately knew who he was Yeah, Hmm. because he was the son of Mm -hmm. right. That person. And so like, there's different characteristics of my friend. Yeah. But a lot of them come from his dad because yeah. of who his dad is. And it was the same or it should have been the same for the people of Israel because of who God was. Because he's God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because And people should have been able, the other nations, to look at Israel and go, oh, yeah, you serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I know yeah. who you are because I know who that God is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you, you can be honest in the story to say that, you know, it does feel odd that God is asking Abraham to do this. Oh, yeah. like, oh it's you know, And, and I've strange. talked to some people that, yeah. you know, that's a stumbling block for them. Mm-hmm. But... I think also it's another reminder that Abraham isn't the star of that story. Right. We aren't the star mm-hmm. of the stories. Like, you know, if we're looking at it from Abraham's perspective, sure. But we're when we're looking at it at God's perspective, and as we said, you know, God isn't asking Abraham to to murder his son just because he's trying to prove something mm. about Abraham or he's trying to uh, as you said, you know, you know, kind of pay him because Abraham's too much of an idol. Um, you know, that's a, that's a little bit more, I think of, of kind of our image that we think of God with right. like lightning bolts and he's ready to attack us. But when we see that God is trying to give a foreshadow of who Jesus is, when we see that God's trying to reveal that he will always be the one to provide what, what, what Abraham, what Isaac can't, um, that if they would, and as again, if we shifted a little bit now towards us and, and how do we use this story to, to kind of spur on our own growth or our own development is to say, if I simply can just trust God, I, mm. I will see more of God, uh, and I'll see a deeper, uh, you know, uh, richer view of God. You know, I think someone said, not me, so I don't want to take credit for it, but, <laughs> you know, you, you're not going to discover the, the, the fine riches of gold just by raking the surface, mm. that, that it does take a little bit of digging. It take, and, and a yeah. little bit of that digging, yeah, to me, isn't just working harder, isn't just uh, studying harder, although those are elements that can be part of it, but it, to me, it's trusting God more. Mm. Well, then you turn around and see the, the, the riches that comes from that. So, uh, you know, guys, as we just kind of kind of wrap up some of this discussion here, what are some ways that that story just kind of helps you or can be something that you can kind of focus in on or, or be captivated by that kind of spurs you on in, in your own discipleship? I think, you know, if, if for me or, you know, for anyone listening, you know, if you're in a place where you just really don't understand what's going on. You know, you're praying, you know, and you just can't figure out why you're going through what you're going. Mm. You know, just there is this underlying confidence you can have that God is at work. And it might not make sense. I'm sure Abraham had no idea why God God wanted this, but he trusted him. And I think for me, it helps me to to be okay with a deeper level of trust is yeah. God did this before he was faithful. Then yeah. he's, he's the same God today. Yeah. 
he's still going to be faithful. So whatever that is, you know, whether it's stepping out to do something that you believe God's calling you to, whether it's really wrestling with a a portion of scripture and be like, I think God wants me to live this way. This is really new. This is really foreign. You know, I think it's just Andrew Murray at the end of his life, he was literally like about to die. And his daughter was like, transcribing, you know, what he was saying for him at that point because he couldn't write. And he, he basically like, you know, they thought he died and then he rises up Mm -hmm. and he says, God is worthy of trust. And then boom, he hits the bed. And that was the last thing he said, but it like such a conclusion to like life. God is worthy of trust. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what I take away from the story. Yeah. And and I think what you're saying too, and, and, even though sometimes we fear losing, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, we fear losing the more cost. than we do about mm-hmm. the trusting, yeah. And again, I think it's okay to acknowledge it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the, we want to be able to just say, "I can acknowledge it, but I still will willing to to trust it." So, yeah, uh, that's good, uh, Mike. Anything that you kind of walk away from? I mean, it would be along the same vein, but it would start and end with the phrase that God is real, mm. and. Um, I know that's a struggle for some of us. I think it's probably a struggle for more of us than we want to admit. Yeah. But the reality that God is real, hmm. which is a really good thing. And it's also uh, something that I think we struggle with sometimes because, yeah. um, he's not just real in the good times. Um, but he's real in the hard times too. Yeah. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean that there is not a purpose. Um, doesn't mean that he can't take a horrendous, I mean, y'all, my family's walked through tragedy, um, as have many, but just tragedy and heartbreak. And I don't, I don't know the good that he's working through it other than at the end of the day, where we are right now is that God is real. Mm. And I know that sounds arbitrary, but believe me, whenever I say it, that has to be enough yeah. mm-hmm. to yeah. just trust him as Ryan was saying, and as we've yeah. been saying this whole time, but, but to know that, that God is real and to trust and to, and we read this story again, you can read that story. If you're a slow reader, Ryan's a pretty slow reader. Mm-hmm. And he said that on here yeah. before, I think <laughs> yeah. it's, oh, yeah. he read that in what, five seconds. They climbed a mountain. Have you ever climbed a mountain? That takes all day. Yeah. Like this is yeah. going through Abraham's mind. Yeah. All day he's walking through this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just God is real. Yeah, that's good. I think, um, you know, for me uh, in processing it, um, you know, and I've shared this before, but just one of the core core convictions I have, uh, you know, and I have several of them, but I want, you know, core convictions to be things that, that I, I believe 100% and other things uh, I leave room is, but one of the core convictions I have is God is good. Mm-hmm. as All simple as that can be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, any moment I read, anything that I start with, anything that I process, God is good. Yeah. And so if I start there, if I believe that at my core, then, uh, whatever the situation may be, whatever I'm going through, whatever I don't understand, whatever I don't like, or whatever, uh, comes to be a tough decision. If I can just believe God is good, uh, and hold that t- to be true and to trust that, uh, then I think that that uh, has a huge impact. And so, you know, you read the story and, and you don't fully grasp it or, or it's difficult in, the, in its original understanding of it. But to know in that the goodness that God is showing to Abraham and Isaac and the richness of 
faith in him and trusting in him. Uh, I want to encourage you wherever you're listening or whatever's going on uh, to believe the same is true today. Uh, not circumstances are the same, but not, you know, that God's going to ask you to do the same thing that he asked Abraham. But what's true is that God is good, that God is worthy of trust, that God will be faithful. And um, you can you can hold on to that. That can carry you through. And, um, you know, if there's anything that we could ever do, if you ever want to email us, you can email us at info at churchrefuge.com. Uh, we have a website as well, churchrefuge.com. Uh, we would love to be able to just maybe pray with you or just be able to answer questions. But uh, I hope today or I hope wherever you're listening to this that uh, you can come to know the, the riches of who God is and be captivated by him that draws you in.